Welcome back to our study through the book of Luke. My name is Gregory Baines, and I am um, blessed to be back with you as we continue to work through the Gospel of Luke. And um, Our last lesson in this series was in, in Luke chapter 20, so a little recap as we are going to study Luke 22 today. just want to talk briefly about what happens in chapter 21. There's first the account of the widow's gift, of the widow's mites, two small copper coins, um, that, that she gives and, and Jesus uh, praises her gift there and then um, Jesus meets with his disciples as they're as they're going um, on the Olivet discourse and, and gives uh, prophecy of what's to come with instructions of, of his return that will come shortly and brother Keith preached on this uh, just uh, several weeks ago and I encourage you to look up um, and, and follow along as we go through Luke here uh, with what Brother Keith has preached in, in previous days as we've also been working uh, through the book of Luke in our Sunday morning services. Um, but today we're going to look at chapter 22 of Luke and we're going to start in verse 7 and talk about the Lord's Supper. So let's read, open your Bible. If you don't have one, go grab one and let's turn to Luke chapter 22. We're going to read verses 7 through 20. Then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go, prepare the Passover for us so that we may eat it. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he enters, and you shall say to the owner of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room. Prepare it there. And they left and found everything just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover you with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of the Lord's Supper that is um, so gracious to us that we have this and that it was instituted by you, Jesus, by the Lord himself. And I pray that you would help us this morning to understand it, that we would um, honor it and hold it in, in high regard, Lord, as you do, and that we would understand um, Lord, how we are to take of it and, and what its purpose is. So would you just give us grace this, this, um, for this time in this study. Help us to understand who you are and to be changed and shaped by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, um, let's go back to verse 7, and we'll talk briefly about the preparation, and then we'll get into the, into the supper itself. So Luke 22, 7 says, Then came the first day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, so that we may eat it. And they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man will meet you, carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he enters. 
and you shall say to the owner of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room. Prepare it there. And they left and found everything, just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. So there's a few things we see here. One, Jesus is um, making this a special event. And as he'll say in verse 14 or 15 that he has desired to eat this Passover with the disciples, there is a, a very special preparation that happens where Jesus gives clear instruction. Now, if you're if you're Peter and John, this may not make a whole lot of sense to you. Jesus says, hey, go prepare the Passover. And they're like, well, where? What do we do? And Jesus says, follow this guy that's carrying this pitcher of water um, and go to this house and then just kind of tell him that the teacher says it's cool. Um, and this is a um, an act of obedience by them for sure. But uh, sometimes God asks us to do things that don't really make a whole lot of sense to us in the moment, but we see he has um, been working this plan the whole time, and we see Jesus' sovereignty in the preparation for this Passover meal and, and for, the, for the, the Lord's Supper that is to come. And um, as we, we see this, uh, we're reminded where Christ is in his journey to the cross. This is... Um, the night that he is getting ready to be betrayed uh, by Judas. This is a not just a, another meal, not just another Passover even, but this is as Jesus has already um, set his face toward Jer- Jerusalem as he is moving toward the cross. This is a, a monumental event um, as he institutes here the Lord's Supper. Uh, so even in the preparation, there's a uniqueness here, and, and Peter and John... Um, go and and prepare everything and and so the the table is set for the Passover that is to come. Now in order for us to understand the Passover I think we need to look back in Exodus and and see um, the original Passover here when when God was rescuing his people and calling them out of Egypt. Um, So let's flip over to Exodus chapter 12. We're going to read about the first Passover and what it symbolizes, and then we'll talk about the Lord's Supper and, and how this Passover that Jesus celebrated with his disciples was, was different and, and new. So let's look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Now, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year to you. So speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household. A lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them. According to what each man should eat, you are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled it all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning you shall burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down 
all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. So this first Passover was in Exodus as God is delivering his people from Israel, and, and one of the, the last plague, actually, um, is, is the angel of death comes to kill every firstborn member in, of each household in Egypt. And the Israelites are given um, this escape from that judgment. It is a Passover lamb, which, as we look back now, knows, is, knows is a representation of, of Jesus, who is to be the ultimate lamb. Um, but they are, are told to kill this lamb and put the blood on the door uh, frame, and, and the angel of death will pass over their home, hence the name, the Passover. And it is the Lord's Passover, and, and this was a a sign um, for Israel to remember um, that, that they are, are covered and was signed to the Lord, that they were um, his people. And it was a un- unifying thing for them. They are identified as a people. All the, all the nation of Israel, all, every house was to do this together. Um, it was a very unifying thing. And to do it in, in the way that God commanded, God had instructed this is how the Passover is to be taken. And it's to be remembered. Um, this is a thing of remembrance for generations to come. Remember God's faithfulness to us in Exodus, how he delivered us out of slavery and brought us out into the land that he promised. And as we're now fast forward hundreds of years, we're in um, Jesus's time, many hundreds of years, and uh, we see that the children of Israel are still celebrating this Passover meal. Now, as Jesus is going with his disciples, to take this Passover meal, it's going to be a little different um, than it has been in the past, especially since he is the perfect sacrificial lamb that is here to, to, to handle the problem of sin for these Israelites, for these disciples. Uh, so let's look back at Luke chapter 22, and we'll read verses 14 through 20 and, and talk about the Lord's Supper here. Luke 22:14. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So once again, we see this is this is different. Jesus has longed for this. This is a special moment um, as he prepares for the suffering that is to come. Verse 17, when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. So this is... Once again, something given to God's people for the purpose of remembering the faithfulness of God. For the Israelites, the Passover meal was given for the purpose of their remembering God's faithfulness to deliver them from the land of Egypt. As Jesus gives the disciples here the Lord's Supper, um, it is for the purpose of remembering God's deliverance from sin 
and death um, for anyone who will, will follow Jesus and, and be redeemed by him. So we see a few things here that um, we're not supposed to just remember uh, when we think of the Passover, but we're also to look forward and look back at, at verse number 16, uh, Luke twenty two sixteen. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So one day, um, as we see in Revelation, all believers, all the saints will, will gather with Christ and there will be a Lord's Supper like no other where we will um, rejoice around the table of the Lord with Jesus as he will eat with us. But until that day, we are to be reminded of, of his sacrifice on the cross. And I think we get that part um, pretty well. But also, we are to look forward to that day, that future day, when we will eat um, the supper with the Lamb himself. Clearly, we see the symbolism in verse 19. This is Jesus' body broken for you by the bread, and the cup represents the blood reminder of the sacrifice. And, and, and this is why um, we are to take the supper in, in what's called a, an, a worthy way and not an unworthy way. Let's flip over to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verses 23 through 34. The, the Corinthian church, the church at Corinth, had a problem when, in the taking of the Lord's Supper. Um, let's see how Paul addressed them. They had several problems, but uh, this is very instructive for us as we, we think through our, our taking of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11.23 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the, with the world. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that you will not come together for judgment. The remaining matters I will arrange when I come. So Paul is instructing the church at Corinth here um, in how to, to take the Lord's Supper and, and what is the right way to remember. Um, they obviously had an issue with unity. Look at, at verse 33. So then, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. What was happening was people were coming early and having a, a big meal, and when people would show up later, it would be, oh, no, we're, we're, already, we're already done with the supper. Um, the Lord's Supper is meant to be a unifying thing for, for Christ's people, that we come under um, the lordship of Jesus once again, that we're reminded of that, of what is true, the reality of what unites us is Christ's death and his burial and his resurrection and what saves us. Um, so instead of being an opportunity for us to be divided, it's an opportunity for us to unite and to gather around the Lord's table um, as one people, as the bride of Christ. But they, they also had an issue with, with taking it flippantly. Um, 
they gather to eat and just, hey, let's eat. It's a regular meal. And, and clearly that was not the purpose of the supper and it's not the purpose today. We are together and um, with, a, with a seriousness and a somber attitude knowing that what we are doing is uh, very serious. It's something that, that Jesus um, instituted for those purposes of remembrance and looking forward and it's an opportunity for us to as we remember the sacrifice of christ to confess sin um, as we prepare our hearts to receive the lord's supper any sin that is known to us it is our um, responsibility to confess before the lord first uh, john 1 9 if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so as we approach the lord's table um, to take the lord's supper with the body we should um, ask the lord to search us and show us any unclean way any sin that is unconfessed that we may confess and repent and turn from that sin now if you're like me um, sometimes that can be a very scary thing and make the table a, a fearful time, an anxious time where we go, man, I better make sure I confess all my sin before the Lord or else I'm going to eat this and I'm going to get sick or I might die. And, and that is not what, what Paul is saying here. It's in any sin that we know of, we confess before the Lord, but, but really this unworthy manner is where we have chosen to reject um, God's word in this. We say, I know that I'm not supposed to take the table with sin in my life, but I have this sin and I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to take this this supper anyway, even though I know that this is um, what God has uh, told me not to do. It is a a prideful taking of the supper um, that ignores the spirit of God and um, ignores our conscience as we approach the table. So, um, for us, we should obviously somberly, seriously approach. God's table um, with reverence and confess any sin. That's why every time we take here at church, there's an opportunity of um, to confess and ask the Lord to search you, and so that you can um, confess and repent of those things. But don't let it become something that we dread. Let it be a reminder of the goodness of God, of the sacrifice of Christ, that that our sin has been been dealt with and paid for. There is grace and forgiveness for us when we come to the Lord. That his body was broken for us, and his blood has been poured out, so that we don't have to die like he did. Um, so we should be unified in our coming together as a people. We should take um, the supper seriously, not flippantly, and we should rejoice in the future um, supper with the Lord as we approach it. So as Jesus took this first Lord's supper with his disciples and they probably didn't understand the fullness of this but he did um, the gift that he gave us uh, is something that we should not take for granted and uh, growing up in church personally um, I think it took me several years and to fully understand the significance of the Lord's Supper that it's not just an opportunity to have grape juice once a quarter but it's an opportunity to remember the sacrifice of Christ and to long for his return and the kingdom of God, um, and to pray for that in in that end. So, um, for us today, a few points of application. One, the the Lord's Supper is only for believers. It's a uniting thing for the body. So, um, the first question of application is: Are you 
a believer? Are you able to take and partake in the Lord's Supper? Um, if not, understand that Jesus' body was broken for you and his blood was poured out so that you could have life, um, eternal life, and know him. And if you have any questions about that or, or would like to become a believer and follow Christ, please call up here at the church office. Uh, myself or one of our pastors would, would love to talk with you about that. But if you are a believer and are able to take in the Lord's Supper, um, if so, do you, do you take it seriously? Do you approach the table with reverence? Do you ask the Lord to search you and, and to show you any unclean way in you? And do you confess your sin before the Lord and, and thank Him for the, the grace and forgiveness that, that comes through Jesus Christ? Um, do you remember? Is it a rem- time of remembrance for you when you approach the table? And, and do you um, remember what Christ has done? Remember God's faithfulness and His redemptive plan and the greatness of God? Um, and is it also cause a a longing for you is there a hope as you approach the table Uh, one day we will be with christ and take this together i pray that is the case for you believer as you approach the lord's table next time let's think about it the way the bible talks about it and approach um, the lord's supper the right way in a worthy manner not like the church at corinth let's pray together father thank you for your word Thank you for, again, this gift of the Lord's Supper that we have. Thank you for the grace and forgiveness and the sacrifice of Christ. Pray we would never get tired of the gospel, that it would just stir us up every time, that we wouldn't get over it. Um, Thank you for the salvation, the the love that you've shown us. And Lord, we do long for that day when Christ will return and everything will, will be made right and we will gather with all the saints through, through all of history to rejoice and celebrate the Lamb at, at the supper. Um, God, I pray as we approach the table that you would give us clean hands and pure hearts and show us any unclean way in us that we may confess it and, and follow you, um, repent and turn from our sin and follow you. And God, I pray for anyone listening uh, who may not know you, that they would be able one day to take of the supper, that you would rescue them from the domain of darkness and save them and um, pour out your grace and forgiveness on them. They would know you, God, and you would know them. Lord, I ask that we would uh, be more like Jesus this week uh, than we were last week and that you would continue to grow us closer to you. Thank you for this time we've had in your word. Please. Bless us, help us to be hearers of, uh, doers of your word and not just hearers. In Jesus' name, amen.